Hello. The last time when you busted my balls about saying hello? I mean, no, I don't. Maybe there's a reason. Why would I have ever said that? Maybe there's a reason. Well, I mean, it's just common courtesy to answer the phone, hello. Okay, let's do it. We've never done a preview before. I'm so excited. No, we haven't. Game five was sloppy as hell. Uh, just, just my quick hot take. That was a sloppy game, um, and we almost cost ourselves the series. Yeah, I don't know. But let's let's get into it because I I heard a similar take on the Dangle podcast. Really, and, I uh, listen. Yeah, I mean, as someone who was at the game. Uh, it's a shitty fucking game. I mean, we're into it. Let's leave it go. All right. So, definitely a weird game. Like, this was always going to be a weird game. It's like a classic Game 5-like game five stereotype. Super weird game. Um, we pretty much beat the shit out of them. Um... You know, the way that they play, and this is where I would counter the sloppiness angle, they're just counter punches. So, like, well, why don't they have any turnovers? Because they don't really have any opportunities unless they're coming off of these things, right? Um, so, I, I, I do think there's a bit of, like, well, yeah, if we parked our forwards and defensemen all with inside the faceoff dots and then only jumped on mistakes, like, yeah, our turnovers would probably be less lopsided, but that's not the way we play. I wouldn't even say that. I mean, there were definitely, you know, very bad turnovers, but, like, we weren't even looking for our shots. I think that's actually been something that's plaguing us for the past three games. We haven't we haven't been going for the good shot. We've been just trying to get off a shot when we see one, which is not how we normally play and not how we should play. I don't even think that's true, though. Like, I feel like in this game, like, we, we definitely threw away those two overtime periods and, um in game four, because our defensemen couldn't put shots up, because Saros is apparently unbeatable low, which which I, I'm not arguing against. And then they had a ton of grade A's that they just didn't finish. That, to me, is the story. And that, to me, um, it's actually something people like to make the Carolina – uh, Colorado comp a lot to me. Are we we are just the East Coast Golden Knights, where like Damn. it's a ton of effort, stacked defense, a lot of depth scoring, but again, you're trying to win a cup without a number one center. And there's a like every now and again the finish will just evaporate, and you're gonna have to win games without it. So uh, I think the sloppy narrative is like. Oh, a, a capped-out playoff team generated turnovers. Well, color me pink and call me Ford, right? Like, come on now. I mean, I was telling you in the building that it was upsetting me that they weren't looking for those shots. It was as if they were first-time hockey players who just saw the white no. on the head. It was like, take a shot. I don't know. We can agree to disagree, but I thought the shot selection. We've always been a team that takes a lot of shots. Um, looking for rebounds. Saros doesn't give a lot of those up, and the few we did, we didn't finish. And uh, but I thought we had a ton of really good opportunities. Okay. So, so the first terrible opportunity, and I don't remember who scored the goals. Um, but oh boy, that first goal against Ned was a heartbreaker. So that happens um, on the deflection goal. I've seen a lot of people complain about that goal. Um, I didn't, and there's another goal I'm going to complain about. But it wasn't a goal that we'll talk about here in a bit. But I thought the deflection, and I, I, to be fair, I haven't gone back and watched it. I just like saw the replay on the Jumbotron. I can't really, really tell if it hit a stick or not. Um, but, or maybe it didn't, to me, that was one of those things where like, if they had called their new goal, there wasn't, like there wasn't enough to turn it over in whatever direction. So they called a goal, probably should have stood after they called a goal. 
Um, so I'm not super worried about this one. But I have seen a lot of, of Twitter complaining. Um, that's that's Twitter in general. I mean, it, but, um, it, it's fine. It just like, continues it, just, the narrative. I mean, it, it sucks that it happened, but it just continues the narrative. I feel like the league needs to do better with officiating, just in general. Well, like, to me, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, to me, this isn't, like, the one. Like, it was bang-bang. I, I, it could really go either way, um, I think, anyway. So I'm not super worried about that first goal. But what I am super worried about, watch this lead-in, is how ruthless Marty Natchez is. Marty Natchez is having a, having a series here. Well, the, the cool thing, first off, the thing about that goal, and it's probably not a good sign for Sveshnikov. First off, he should have been called, or he, he should have got that boarding call. He didn't. I think they realized what had happened there, and that's where the, the Benning Ruffin came in. At least I think it was him that committed it. Obviously, in the scrum, it was on the other side of the ring. Whoa, whoa, Wesley, we don't, we don't do that in this league. What do you mean? Well, I'm saying, like, you know, they they missed that, and then bending rough, and they're like, all right, we'll just everybody's going to the box, and you guys will get two minutes. Um, it they have to. This is to me, this is like a real concern. You have to have a legitimate NHL center on your second power play. Um, and I don't like. I don't know who you move down or up. Maybe it's Jordan. I I, I really don't know. Um, but. It just gets to play because Seth is in the box. And um, you, you saw, and this is not a knock on Sveshnikov, but he, and I think he's a really creative player. But on the power play, he's become very predictable. So at first, he was just letting shots rip from, from his you know, side in the face-off circle, and he, was, and he was just eating people up. And then, so they started playing that heavy. And which doesn't matter, right? Because he's such a good passer. We got three or four of those like sick through the ice, like from one dot to the other. And then Aho buries on a knee with a clapper, which was really hard. But then you started to see that get covered up. And to me, that's kind of the core. That like our power play has gotten worse as as he isn't creative enough. Um, and on the power play, I don't think such is not yet. He's still really young. I'm not saying he's doomed forever, but and you saw that even with Natchez, right? Even just in moving and circling, obviously Svech's not as fast as Natchez. Um, oh my God, that that man literally like he he's just like, hey, look at how fast I can skate, everyone. Oh look, the net, and he's he's done it that like literally that same thing like ten times this season. You remember what, what? it was like shortly before the end of the regular season where he literally took like two laps around the offensive zone and then took his shot because he was just so fast. No one could stop him. What makes his speed scary too in the playoffs is that it's really effortless. Like there are, I actually think his top speed is like good, but not great. Like it, it's kind of overrated. It's that he gets there effortlessly. Like he is not. They they brought this up on the uh, the what's the Mike and Mike one called Kane's Cast Kane's Corner somewhere like that Kane's Corner yeah morning after what a, no 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 the other one with uh oh with uh, just Kane's Cast but they brought this up very and he's he doesn't he's not as big as McDavid he doesn't have the same hands as McDavid he's not as strong but very McDavid light oh. in the way that he just well, yeah casually walks through you when he's in your zone, you know? Um, and even So even on that power play, right, so they're passing, they're looking, um, you know, he takes his shot, block. But, all right, no, was it a block or was it? It doesn't matter. He gets set up in the same exact spot and roofs it. You know, that to me, what was key about that too is that, like, how do you beat smaller goalies? You ring them up high. And, and it's important to remember that for later on, on another goal we'll talk about where, like, when you ask, well, why was Saros so far off the post? Well, Marty Natchez, not two periods ago, just rung him up high. So that was top of mind, which played a huge part in that wraparound goal later. Huge goal, ruthless. Marty Natchez, he's going to be an RFA next year. 
good luck or next next year. That's going to be brutal. We'll just wait for Montreal. They they like to do us favors. So that happens. I think that was the end of the first period, right? 1-1? One, one. Yeah. Yeah. So we go in the second period. Again, I thought we played pretty well. I don't remember. One thing I do want to touch on as well before we leave the first period, actually. Jesus Christ. I was like, man, I wonder how much Jacob Slavin we're going to get back. And in the first, I don't know. I mean, Slavin had a game. Slavin yeah. most likely played his best playoff game of his career. I take that back, but it was still a very good game. That was aggressive, yeah. But there, early on in the first period, there was, it was like three preds. It was like a scrum on the boards near the, the blue line. And there's three preds and one came. And I don't like – it all happened so fast. I'm not sure what moves he made, but he just barreled through three people and got the puck out of his own. I was like, holy shit. Like, we're in business tonight, boys. Like, tonight's the night. He and, also um, gave everyone else a night off. Like, he played 26 minutes. He, he, he outplayed every other defenseman. He should have I mean, had a, a goal or at least a primary assist that we'll touch on later. He, he, uh, he was the second assist. And he had to, like, box out and get the puck to Pesci to let it rip and then stall Barry. He had a great – I mean, he he's so good. He's so good. Having him back, you realize what a steal his, his deal is. That guy is so underpaid. It's crazy. <clears throat> okay. So, anyway, second period. Uh, I've seen a lot of, like – that so the, the turnover happens that they turn into a goal. Pesci does a little drop pass that no one comes for. Lorenz never expected. I don't know. It, it's weird because your first thought is like, well, why did Pesci do that? But we're really like the team have a really high hockey IQ, and Lorenz has a pretty good hockey IQ. Like he's a really smart player too. So I think it just, like, surprised him almost. But to me, like, just if you have to give blame, I'd blame, like, the rookie mistake, you know. And that leads to a, a – and there's not a lot that Nets have done on that. So it's not a huge deal. You get left on it. Um, but I still – you know, that goal happens. Not a big deal. Um, you were going to need to uh, – you were going to need to score more than two goals to win that game anyway, you know? Like, it always kind of felt that way. So I wasn't super worried about it. But now I get to talk about the goalie interference. Oh, my God. The amount. So, first of all, everyone. I, I told you as soon as it happened, they were going to call it. Yeah, and I, I, I thought I made a very good argument that it wasn't goal tender interference. And apparently, every other hockey mind on the face of the planet agreed with me, except for Wes McCauley. So that's cool. And then this is a side point, but I listened to the morning after podcast to hear Adam Gold talk about how it was Toronto's fault. I don't get to be mad. Like, how dare I assume that I know more than Toronto? And then Alec Campbell comes on. I was like, what do you mean? Chip Tracy said that was, that was all Wes McCauley. He got to make that. That was his call. I was like, yeah, exactly, because Wes McCauley's terrible at what he does. Anyway, so, a, a couple things there. I'd like to unpack, obviously, a goal. Um, I'm sure... Uh, clearly a goal. ...that all two people listening to this have seen Roman Yossi got in his way. Um, but, but he gives me a lot of different angles. First, the Gold Knights actually had... We'll touch on that game here at the end. Uh, they, um, they had a goal called off in a similar fashion... The rule says if you're in the blue line and the goalie can't move, like by the exact letter of the law, that is goalie interference. Now, the issue here is that it's a black and white rule where it – or let me rephrase that. It's a gray rule where it should be black and white, right? So, like, to me, I was like, up. He couldn't move. Uh, Fogel was in the the blue ice. He was in the crease. They're going to call it back. And I think Rob put it best, where he's like, yeah, there was even a little contact beforehand. Like, yeah, all that happened, but he was never going to get to that puck anyway. 
He wasn't going to get to it because it was off a deflection. He wasn't going to get it to get to it because Roman Yossi got in his way. He was never, ever, 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 ever going to get to it. So let's use common sense, and that's where the NHL um, had a, had a big problem. Um, that well, whoa, common sense. No, thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. Clear goal. Uh, the crowd, ham. What a good crowd on. Uh, Oh, that was a great crowd. Tuesday? (laughs) Yeah, Tuesday. Hammered the crap out of them, which I love. For the rest Um, of the game, too. And I want to touch on this. I've seen this brought up a lot. Because, obviously, to me so far, the story of the playoffs is um, if it's not 4-0 or Connor McDavid getting swept, Connor McDavid getting swept, it's, it's definitely the officiating. But I've seen a lot of, like, oh... Well, you know, as a fan, you know, people boo and they expect this, that, and they, even if it's a penalty and it's the right call, and I look back at them and I'm like, oh, why would you do that? It's like, and I, I, like, there's almost like this shaming of like, oh, well, you know, you can't get every call, or you know, your players on your team do, you know, commit penalties. And to me, there's like this very fundamental misunderstanding there where. Like, I don't go to hockey games to, like, impress the people around me with my, like, real intimate hockey knowledge and my very, like, partisan or bipartisan, like, takes on the game. Like, I'm there to get rowdy, and I'm there to, like, you know, let these freak athletes yeah, no. millionaires know that I'm behind them. I, I, I'm done with that narrative of, like... No, oh, I think you know, I think it's a totally flipping. personal decision. Like, when I'm at the games, I will be like, okay, that's a, I want to see the play before I start booing. And if I feel it's boo, I, I boo. And if it's not, I just don't. I'm not judging people. I'm not over here. Well, I boo hey, man, why are you booing? That's clearly boring. Yeah, exactly. And we just need to move. Uh, like, there's this real, almost like gatekeeping around it. Like, fuck off on that. That's not a thing. There's you know, a lot of gatekeeping in hockey, which I don't know if I've ever taught you what I think is like the, I don't, I don't know how to say this, like the grade of Hurricanes fans. It all depends on what the arena was called when you became a fan. That's hilarious. Yeah. So if you're, if you're, what was it? Hartford, not Hartford Civic Center. It might have been the Hartford Civic Center. Um, Fan, you're just here to watch hockey. Like, you don't care anymore. Your team's been moved. You don't care. You just want to watch a team win. If you're here for the Raleigh Entertainment Sports Arena, you're kind of a dick. You assume you know more than everyone else because you were there first. Oh, I skipped over Greensboro. If you if you started watching you team, played yourself. You played if I, uh, yourself. If you ever saw a game in Greensboro Coliseum, I don't even care. You can say whatever you want. I'm hundred fine with it. Uh, all but uh, Rally Entertainment and Sports Arena people are the worst type of people because they assume they know more than everyone. Obviously, center people are kind of the same way. And you yeah. see people who are just new fans that, like, don't know enough to talk shit yet. I just think it's a relative kind of, like, media take to – and this is not an attempt to shit on the athletic. Um, I read the athletic. They're very good. Um, but they are – one of the things they do very well, other than being exceptional – uh, sports writers, and we, thankfully, I mean, Sarah Sivian is, again, super good at what she does. Um, but one of the things, like, it's very online, Twittery, whatever, so I just feel like because they're a pretty big force and in, in, in not just sports writing, but especially in hockey, um, I feel like it's trending those fandoms in a more online direction, especially, like, a, a newer market like us or a market who, I mean, we just don't get a lot of, of press here. Um, I, I would wager that Sarah Sivian has written more about the Canes in her, what, three years now than a lot of the sports writers here have written about them in a five- or six-year window. Um, but, I would say, I, I've actually, I, I don't. I might have been talking to our brother about this, about Sivian being like the only real beat writer we have. Everyone else has another job. Like even Adam Gold has perhaps the most non, the most popular, not official Hurricanes podcast there is. But Adam Gold is not a Hurricanes reporter. He's a radio host who occasionally covers the Hurricanes. I would say Sivian is the only real reporter the team has. 
Like that is her one and only job. He no, he works for the team. He's publicity. I mean, I like Michael Smith. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but everything he says, I take with a grain of salt because he's just Mm, trying to give me what the team wants me to hear. He's not not a reporter for the team, man. He just does like he he does the write ups. He's involved in Kane's vision and stuff like that. He's literally like the PR guy. Which again, I Did really like. Did you see Michael Stormy Smith. with the uh, the Civian fan club sign during the game? I did. Did you see that she changed her Twitter bio to uh, level of one ice hog? That's pretty funny. But I, yeah. I think, and this is through no fault of them, I just think that hockey Twitter is a place that would poo-poo what they would deem unnecessary booing. I think because their writers are very online, um, that that there's a a bend happening there. I, I also want to hit the point of, like, uh, Sarah Sivian and me as, like, people, I don't think we could, like, actively hang out all the time because our personalities don't match. Like, we are not the same type of person. But I respect her as a sports reporter. Like, she is the best sports reporter the Canes have, hands down. But I'm not going to 100% agree with everything she tweets, and I think that's fine. Like, I, I have no problem being like, wow, that was the dumbest take I've ever seen Sibian on, like, brownies on the NBA or something, and still look at her change reporting and be like, oh, my God, this write-up is incredible. I don't – I mean, I don't know. Like, it doesn't need to – we don't need to slobber a knob all day. Like, I think LaViolette does a good job. I think Takak does a good job. I like – I don't even – I don't even – like I mean, pretty, take that take that the same way with Alec Campbell or – I have actually, fucking name – Alec Campbell know. is, like, the king of the uh, – of the like new age, it, he actually makes me feel like kind of like a cunt sometimes because he'll like make like he'll make these points where I'm like fuck I think I agree with him, <laughs> but if yeah. somebody else had made that point. Alec me, Campbell is what makes off. Adam Gold bearable to me. Like if it wasn't for Adam, Alec Campbell, I wouldn't be able to listen. I can't stand. Just an, I I appreciate. Have you listened to the podcast from uh, Game Five? No. Yeah, he's ripping into the fans. He's literally ripping into the fans for booing and blaming the refs in the building. It's not the refs' fault. It's Toronto. We need to learn if we're going to start booing. And then Alec Campbell comes on and is like, no, that was, that was not Toronto. That was all West Macaulay, which means everything the, can, the fans wanted to do is what they should have done and no right to do. Well, like, I don't think, who, again, like, I don't care who's responsible for it. Like, I'm just here to let it rip. Like, again, I'm just not, like, I don't come here. This might shock the world, but every time I, like, celebrate a player, that does not make them my favorite player. Or even, like, look, we all fucking celebrated Aaron Collar goals. I've never liked that guy. The right? part that bothers me is that about Alex, not Alex Campbell, about Adam Gold in specific, is he tries to lecture fans about their fandom. He's... He is actually a gatekeeper. He he wants to decide what you can and can't do as a fan. That's what those old and guys do. Like I just think, like in this circles back to the the athletic stuff. Like those, that's just like what, like that's their like role in this grand landscape, right? It's like they're gonna go one way, they're gonna go the other. You turn on a fucking shitless podcast, right? And they're it's a totally different fucking animal, and they've influenced fans to do awesome things and awful things like in the same way, right? So, like, to me, like, like, none of, none of these people are your friends. I don't, I would never look at it. And I'm not saying you're saying that either, but like, yeah. that's just, that's just what Adam Gold does. I think his podcast is good. I think he's really good for the team, to be honest with you. Um, I think the podcast does very good things for the team. Um, I just think that if he wants to like he tries to lean into the I'm not a reporter but I'm a reporter thing. Like I don't I'm he's just fine he's a contrarian. The, like you're just upset yeah, at a contrarian. That's what it does. I'm perfectly fine with a sports reporter saying uh, like Alec Campbell does it all the time. Hey, I'm just a sports reporter. I am not a specific fan of this team. I cover them for my job and I'm completely fine with that and can handle that all day. What I don't like is when reporters go, I'm not a fan of this team. I'm just a sports reporter. And it's like, okay, cool, you're just a sports reporter. And then they say something off topic or, like, insulting towards the team. So everyone jumps on them. They'll be like, hey, man, maybe you're fucking wrong. And then, whoa, man, hey, we're all just fans here. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, I mean, this kind of got really off track. But I don't think – I mean, that's just 
it's annoying, but that's their role in that. And you know that what what's the guy who's I forget his name, but he's he's the he's a huge fucking cunt. The guy, um, the Bruins guy, the color guy. Oh, where, I know like, exactly what you're talking about. I do not know his name. Yeah. I mean that guy is a huge fan, and like, like all to me, it's all just different cups of coffee. Like it's not a big deal. I'm, I'm gonna I, if you have anything else to say after that, it's whatever. Like the gatekeeping is annoying, but ultimately, like, I don't, it, I, I didn't know Adam Gold said that. I'm, I'm gonna have to yeah. listen to it now. I'm curious. I'll, but, I'll end it with uh, gatekeeping in a sport like hockey, where like everyone's goal right now should be growing the game. Because if we can grow the game as fans, the game gets better. So it just bothers me so much when people try to act as if hockey's too too pure. I mean, it was a similar thing with the storm surge. Like oh, this is not hockey. Of course, it's hockey. You know why? Because they have a stick. There's a puck. There's a goal. There's ice. It's hockey. What do you mean? Well. Anyways, they second period. Given, second period. We got way off. All either should have scored a goal there, um, or it should have been Slavin's goal. Bad call. They need to really. I actually, and this is another thing they brought up on the Mike and Mike stuff about. Um, and this is one of the uglier. So it's it's a common complaint amongst coaches about um, there's too many refs on the ice, right? And uh, just kind of gums it up, and they get in the way. And it, it really is a catch-22 because hockey is very difficult to <laughs> officiate in motion. Um, there's a lot of things they can't go to video for, so you both want as many people on the ice as possible watching. Um, and while you also want... Um, you also want, uh, like, space for people to play hockey. I think they need to... Like, for instance... You shouldn't go to Toronto on that goal, which which is, I think, where the West McCall... It's my understanding that they go to them if they don't know. They'll watch it, they'll look, then they go to Toronto if they want. So from what, what Trip Tracy was telling me is that Toronto won't make the call. They'll just be there for guidance if you need it. So they'll hmm. be like, well, from what I see, his left skate is one... Are we sure that's right? Wasn't the that the... Wasn't that I'm going the, off what Tripp um, said. That's what Tripp said. It was said my understanding. Uh, uh, March or whatever. Aftermath. And I, and it makes me think that maybe there's a different standard for goals to offsides, maybe. But it, do you remember the Trocheck clearly offsides? Yeah, I, I think there is a different. Well, it, the problem is that it was a it was a coach's challenge. That was, I mean, that was uh, John Cooper. That's a coach's challenge. Well, they were both. John they were both. Yes, John Cooper. It was um, Tortorella, but. The the prop like they were both coaches challenges, and the way that the story came out, at least in the press, was that there's like a new guy, like there's like a, a pass between. So basically, the refs get linked up with a cat in the stadium, who then links him up with Toronto, and the the here's, the, the middleman. Here's a real problem: so, is that we are both big hockey fans, and neither of us know this rule. Neither of us know the protocol. Like, we should both be able to be like, okay, so what would happen is that the linesman would walk over, he'd go on the phone, and well, I think Toronto, they would, that's what, what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure that Toronto gives the final answer. From what Chip Tracy said, not on a coach's challenge. Toronto does not give you the final answer. They'll do everything but give you the final answer, and it's up to that particular ref. I don't know, man, because in that in – that, um, I'm sorry, are you goal. doubting Chip Tracy? In that Trocheck goal, the middleman it? said, it's good, and then the refs were like, okay, and then they hung up and they called it a good goal and play started. So clearly it was not like they were waiting for an answer, got an answer, and then, and then called it. I don't know. But uh, whatever. I have no idea. Goal. So we went into the third period. How about that? We went into the third period. Yeah, so that was pretty pretty ugly. Um, so we, I really we, thought we went in, for the first eight minutes that they were, of the third period we were going to lose that game because I thought we played a really good first period. We played a really good second period. And then the first eight, ten minutes of that third period was ugly. 
we were definitely jittery. Um, I didn't see it in person, um, mostly because at every TV time out, I just looked up to the sky with my hands over my face. Uh, but I guess Rod gave some stirring speech to people to fuck out. Um, and then we get the nature's goal. So what a ruthless goal. Yeah. The kids got wheels. I don't know what you want. <laughs> That's the, I've saw the Simmons pass to Toluzzi in person, Toluzzi in person, Toluzzi. I don't remember what his number was. Whatever. I saw that goal in person. I've seen the lacrosse goal in person against Calgary. That goal was electric. That goal was electric. I mean, yeah, but it also was a game-time goal, game five of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, it's going to be electric. Like, and uh, they get circled by that for a get him on top. That's that shorter goalies have to cheat there. So he was in the process of coming out, came out a little farther than he wanted. And then they just, I mean, first off, and we've talked about this, they've gone, who did I hurt here? I think I heard somebody on the Nashville broadcast call him Philip. So it is definitely not Philippe. Um, but Forsberg, Johansson, and Duchesne, none of those guys are defensive studs. And none of them are particularly very – like, Forsberg's fast for his size, but he, none of them have – none of them, you would say, are guys who have wheels. They're just, like, you know, varying degrees of fine to big for their size – or fast for their size. I mean, he just burned – I mean, he burned everybody on the ice. It was – it was, and and – I mean, you could. I literally saw him like start jawing at Hall as he skates back to the bench. It, the best gift that Eric Hall might have given us outside of those eight goals and twelve games or whatever it was is he has decided to unlock Marty Nages for us. Appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for that, bud. So that goal happened, and for that like minute and a half after, maybe a little bit less, I thought we were going to score another one. I mean, we, we it was just. It was just electric. Like they, you could tell they're like this. We were buzzing. Game. Yeah. Yep. That in that moment they decided. And uh, so that plays. We get to overtime. I didn't know Wait, this. I've never been. How confident to... were you in overtime? I felt good. It was done. No, not to throw our brother under the bus, but he's he's sitting next to me. Like I don't know about this. I have a bad feeling. This is the storyline right here. We lose three times in overtime in a row, and they beat us at uh, back in Nashville. Like, dude, no, we got this. Come on, what are you talking about? So I felt my yeah. my thought. I felt not good about it, just because like you, you get that bullshit deflection goal, right? Like nobody's fault. One in a million happens. It, Ned was so beat by it that he, like, slid back into the crease to try to find it on the boards. Like, he had no idea where it was. And uh, then you get that goal called back, and I was like, this, like, will be it. And then this will, you know, a decade from now, people will be like, yeah, well, A, B, and C happened. So you essentially got no slaving, which led to you lose a game because um, Dougie Hamilton didn't show up for a game. And lose a game because Jake Bean was playing real minutes against a real line um, in a playoff game because Slavin was hurt. And then and then this game happens. But when they tied it, I was like, all right, well, that's it. Because traditionally speaking, when you get luck like that, like once it's done, it's done, you know. So I felt fine. Okay. And then uh, Jordan Stahl. Uh, shortly, what was it, like two or three minutes into the overtime period? And I want to talk about this, too. So I thought they did a good job of of calling the game, mostly. I I, I think, um, what's his name? It's like Don Lachizens or something. He's like the big analytics nerd for the athletic. He wrote an article, and it's really kind of changed the way that I've looked at playoff hockey. But did you know that Connor McDavid drew no penalties? In those four games, and uh, no, why would I know that? 
because it's incredible and impossible. And uh, because he's so much better than everybody else. So he, he, um, you know, you always hear like, let the boys play is like a, like a positive, right? Like you should yeah. let this happen. But he was like, yeah, when you do that, you're just letting the Jets play. You're not letting the Oilers play. And that's really kind of changed my, like whatever team is winning, like when you play that way, like, well, congrats. Like that's what you've done now. So we as the more skilled team, when you like let them play, um, that's what you're doing. And and I thought it was an interesting point, and it's kind of independent of what I'm talking about. I've seen a lot of two, like, oh, well, why are you bitching about the calls and whatever, whatever, whatever. People's Wait. complaints. No, Nashville has come after Rod Brindamore. Like, John Hines well, that's what I'm, after that's what Game I'm going 3? With okay. So... To me, people's problems is there's two types of way to call the game, right? I'm air quoting call the game. You can go by the book. You hear that one a lot? By the book. And then you can, quote, let the boys play. Where fans have issues is when one team is being judged by the book and the other team is being allowed to play. I think so if you're going to do one in your regular season and one during the playoffs, I think that's dumb. It's probably not the way that I want it done, but it is what like at least everybody's playing on that field. But if you're going to let one team play one way and one team play the other, that's where people's frustration comes from. And I think to be fair, so the overtime happened, and that was a like pretty soft holding on. I think Shea, I think Brady was the one who who, who took it. I don't remember or who gave it. I don't remember who he did it to. Um, that was a really soft, um, really soft call, I think. And to be perfectly fair, the uh, the Aho interference, like that was Aho, like tricking that rookie carriers, I think. And uh, guess what? Pretty soft call. So I get, you know, what Brendan Moore was talking about was. Look, it's either A or B, right? It's not we're doing this and they're doing that. Even at his point, he said they were very good. The game has been played very evenly. Why would they have seven and only have three? That's what he points out afterwards. I, or I think Poyle said he wanted them fine, and I think um, John Hines said that uh, it looked like embellishment. Maybe, bro, but it was a soft call on the whole. Like, this is kind of like this. I'm all, I'm pretty much done talking about the refs, but it, it, again, it's a, it's a complete misunderstanding of what Rob was talking about. Yeah, I, call I, it or don't I don't even call think it, not... it was a complete misunderstanding. I think it was a complete misrepresentation of what Rob was talking about. Like, if you literally, if you actually listened to what Rod said, you would completely understand that he wasn't blaming the referees in the building, that he wasn't blaming this call or that call. He was literally talking about the game and the way the game is called and how everything should be consistent. And then I had I had no idea until today that um, John Hines had come out and been like, what is Rod talking about? Is Rod even watching the game? Like, fuck you, man. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, I, like, some Nashville sports writer did a whole write-up today about how Rod needs to be fined again because clearly he hasn't learned to shut his mouth. So I went in. Like, what do you part mean? Of it, part of it, for sure, is the gamesmanship, which is, I mean, that's what Rob was doing, right? That's what these guys are doing now, is that uh, the calls were out of whack, so he said something, and then they became less out of whack. Um, I think they were even, no? I just find it so surprising that you're going to come after Rod for his character. Like, you're saying Rod's just being a bitch right now? And you can say it about Rod Brindamore? Like, come on. Yeah, def- definitely dumb, right? Um, definitely dumb, uh, but whatever. I don't think John Hines will be there for very long, to be honest with you. So what are you going to do? Um, so they were t- anyway, those calls canceling each other out. To me, the thing where it's frustrating is I'd rather – I thought they were both soft, right? So now instead of having like a five-on-five goal, you've created this bizarre four-on-four, which gave Jordan the space to get in there. And what I love about that goal is that it was so shitty. It was such an absolutely greasy, awful playoff goal. 
where he, like Jordan Stahl, just has the hand-eye and, I mean, barely touches this thing, and it just squeaks on in. Like it, oh, I mean, what a huge – that why would you pay Jordan six, you know, six, what was it, 10 years, 60 million, right? I mean, yeah. That's where Jordan Stahl used to be a stud, is to get in there and do that stuff. So that was awesome. Um, great game. Oh, my God. The, that's such a weird alert. I just got a push alert from the athletic that says uh, Gretzky rookie card sells for $3.75 million. But keep going. Can we talk about something briefly about push notifications? It's actually become so annoying with so many, like when the Canes win or lose, like seven apps tell me. Or, or and like, you know, oh, hey, I, have to say I, don't care. I don't care who, what. Wayne Gretzky's rookie card sold for. I I get a bunch of random like like I'll get like basketball updates. I don't watch basketball. I don't care. Like, you oh, just need to go into your preferences and change that, man. It sounds like you just haven't changed your preferences. But why is it even defaulted to that? Like I don't follow any basketball teams on the athletic. I don't like I don't watch basketball. They so, like, want hey, you I probably to don't care that Jimmy Butler's not having a good playoffs. Why would I know that? I don't watch basketball. But now I do. They don't know what you like or don't like. They just want to give you all information so you spend more time in their app. I don't. I just don't like it. Uh, if, if I had one complaint about the athletic, it would be that it also resets. This is another small gripe. When you're reading something, and it, it like it was a while ago, you know, like I'll be reading something and then work will come up and I'll forget about it. But I'll like be like, oh, you know, like you know, Le- LeBron wrote a story about uh. McDavid, where he was basically like, look, he's also great, and, you know, he just put up top 10 season all time, but also he's super young, and it takes these legends a while to break through for most of them. And uh, so I got halfway through that story. Something came up at work. Then I, I got on Facebook that I minute to kill, and then I opened up and started listening to a podcast as I finished what I was doing. So, like, three hours later, I got back on the athletic app. And when I opened it, it, like, refreshed, and I, like, lost the story. I had to go find it again. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. So, anyway, let's talk uh, game six here. Yeah. So, I mean, do you know if, if um, Slavin's playing? Uh, they have not said if, Ned, if Slavin's playing, but I know that Ned's in that. Okay. I, I just expect gonna, that from now on. Oh, never mind. Literally just popped up on the screen. Jacob Slavin's expected to suit up in the back-to-back game for the first time of the series. There you go. Oh, boy. That makes me feel a lot better, no? I was about to say, I don't feel great about this. I feel fine about it. One of the things I think is important, and I, this is, like, not a jinx. We can just, like, call it what it is. We are much better than they are. Yeah. So. I mean, that is just factually true. So you should feel good about most of these games. Like the games still need to be played, but like generally speaking, uh, like I feel good going in every game because we're good. We're a very good team. But um, this you cannot, you cannot keep letting them score first. I mean, I agree, but also at the same point, like we've kind of shown that it doesn't really matter. But it does matter. Away. I mean, it, you can't give I, up last change and first goal and win. I would say we've proven that. Oh, I guess we haven't proven that wrong, have we? Yeah, you're welcome. It's not a thing. You've got to be better than that. I mean, I think we have to be better than that. Period. But and like at the end of the day, I have complete faith. I'm not complete faith. Don't get me wrong. I'd be fucking losing my mind. But say we're down by two going into the third. I still think that we could come back from that. Yeah, but uh, I'm, like, just, let's not let it get to that. Like, to me, and, and to be fair, this game five, they technically scored first, but, I mean, what that that's not a, a breakdown in the first minute of the game, right? Like, that, yeah. that's just a fluke. Um, but you cannot let them score first. I you think, cannot. honestly, you need, to, you need to play this game as if it is your game seven. Like... I don't care about running this series at home at all. I don't give a shit if I'm in the building for you guys to win this series. I want you to go to Nashville, 
and Deus them and then come home and relax for a couple of days before you have to take on Tampa. I would prefer, I feel like, too, in game five, we really fell in love, um, I thought, with our, our transition game and, and and trying to generate rebounds through that way. I feel like we could play structurally more sound, especially with, with Slavin back, and just grind them into dust. And as long as we um, – I feel like we've adapted pretty well out of the flip-in instead of uh, the dump and chase on the blue line. So I feel like we're like – I, I, I don't know if Nashville scores four goals again in the series. I don't know if they score three. And I think that part will be figured out. Um, they've also missed the net a ton. Like one of the things in game five, like Ryan Johansson had it. I mean, he had the game on a stick and he, he shot it wide. So, um, like, they're still in it. Right, and that's like the skill part of it. But I would rather, to me, I think it makes most sense for us to. It, it's still, it's not necessarily playing conservative because you're still setting up in their zone. You're still gonna be looking for your chances. But um, to me, like the finish isn't there right now. Maybe it'll be here for game. Like maybe I'm totally wrong. They come in here and all those chances that Aho had two where he sat to uh, Saros's glove side looking for, like, the tip in and pass and Saros got there. But, like, he's explosive laterally. It's incredible. So I'd like to set up a little bit set up a little bit more than put him up high. And then and once he, like, knows that's going to be sorry. a factor. Are you trying to say that they have not been setting up lately? Is that what you were inferring? I mean, I just felt like in that last game, a lot of the tr- – so they got a lot of really good looks in transition – or in the I was I don't know what the actual like hockey term would be, but it's almost like a pseudo setup to where like so you've gained entry, uh, you've like pulled up, so it's not like 100% a fast break necessarily, but you've pulled up and then like another forward is somewhere being a, a cunt, and, and you get like a quick like bang bang, looking for it's like a borderline deflection kind of like like a flat pass and like a like a fork it up kind of thing. I thought they got ahead a lot of really good opportunities in the second game and and just didn't connect on any of them. And I thought they pissed away nine minutes and um in the third period not getting those. I would say like half of the more than half of the third period was almost complete garbage. But that's not the point. So but not to be Jake, the not not to be the worst commentator of all time, but like, you know, we just need to play our game. We need we need to not be physical, which I realize what I'm saying, but we need to not be physical. We need to limit the ice time of, I don't know, Bean, Fogel a little bit. Sorry, Fogel. Like, I thought Fogel played pretty well. There. I don't think he played poorly, but, like, you know who I'd much rather have on the ice? Andre, Vincent, Sebastian, Nito, Teovainen, like. You need less of the fourth line. The fourth line is, is getting, uh, they're getting exposed, I think. It's been rough. I mean, I think we, we, we don't have a fourth line. We don't have an NHL fourth line. I think we do have a pretty good fourth line. I just, I don't know what it is. This is where, like, as a fan, like, I don't know what they're doing on the X's and O's. Maybe some of it's last change, but I, I, I think I I saw, I think it's, I know I, I, I think it's that we're not in the regular season. So we're seeing how these lines really stack up. And I have, I think our fourth line is good. I don't know. I, I don't I, think it's a. I think it might be the contender line. Like any time, because any time there isn't like a glaring defensive issue, guys are just in places. I always kind of just blame the center. I, I wonder if now isn't the time for. Do we? Do we ever learn what was apparently wrong with Paquette? I have no idea. They're still showing him on the injury list, not the scratch list. So I just don't understand why they would do that, unless he was really injured at this point. I think he is. It's not like it's for cap reasons. Yeah, but like, what could he have done that no one noticed that he he's been out for like three weeks now? I don't know, but the the fourth line has been. I would maybe not play them a bunch in the first period. And see what you get. I play them like I know that you know Rod will have his rotations, but maybe that first like he really likes to open with them too. I don't know. They've just been. 
I, it feels like it doesn't feel like I saw a stat where they've they've ever all of the last three games when Nashville scored the first goal, the fourth line's been on the ice every time. So that's spooky because you don't want to give that up. I I mean I I don't know how tonight's gonna end. I don't think we'll just be score first. From... Just score first. Freeze the puck when you're supposed to. Hopefully Dougie Hamilton shows up. Finally. Um, just I'm by not the way, here for like the. I I think Dougie played like a game and a half very poorly. I will not defend him on that. But I mean I think part of it's just I've been on Kane's Twitter a lot today and just oh my god the toxicity. Like, literally, I, I saw someone, well, we just need a bench Dougie. Like, obviously, he's just not going to be on playoff. playoff. It's like, oh, who are you going to fucking replace Dougie with? Like, we don't have another demon. Like, you take him off the blue line, that's just fucked. Yeah. I I'm, mean, I'm not, he's I'm not, not here for that. He's not been that bad. Like, he's not been, when you actually look at the numbers, he has not been fucking terrible. I mean, he has not been great. Yeah, but he drunk. did single-handedly call for that game. You already know I don't necessarily agree with that. So. Well, he did, and that's fine, but... If he scores, as long as he scores first, or we score first, and he shows up, we should be fine. There's, you know. Um, Here's then, my hot take. Dougie Hamilton will score first tonight for the Carolina Hurricanes. It'll be the only goal tonight. I'll Ned will you, shut him out. I'll no, I'm not putting three. a dollar that on it. Nope. Okay. By the way, too, we didn't go over this last podcast. It made me feel bad. Just a brief round of applause for Shay and uh, Shay and uh, Pesci for the the work that they put in. They played something like seventy. Minutes. Yeah, it was something stupid. And those two games, like <laughs> it was something uh, stupid. But um, you want to hop around the NHL real quick? I, I honestly don't think we have the time to hop around the NHL because I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about, and we're already at an hour, and I have to get this up before puck drop. So. Nah, we're gonna do this real quick. Oh my god! Fine, let's go. Um. So, the last time we would have talked would have been Wednesday. Wait, so, was I talking to you about how Gretzky uh, was probably going to go to ESPN and be the color guy? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he uh, signed yesterday with TNT to be the lead analyst. So he stepped on from the Oilers to go work for TNT, which makes me very excited about TNT. All right, so here are the games. All right. Should we go over? We did go over. Wait, what were the last games we talked about? It would have been... Come on, computer. I mean, anything after we game five. Monday, right? It would have been anything after game five. No, I think I think we called the Bruins winning. So we, Monday, so we, all right. So we can just talk about the series then. So, uh, by the way, I'm looking like a genius for Leafs and five. Feel pretty good about that one. Lo and behold, the team that's much better beats the team that isn't. So that's good. Oh yeah, you want to talk about the Wild? Yeah. So first off, again. And I knew I, I was a little shaky in the last one, but this should actually be over. The Wild should have won. They, like I said, they were up 2-0. Should have, not should have been. He was definitely all sides, but they were up for a brief moment in space and time, 3-0. And uh, in game three, I think it was. Uh, Vegas is very good, maybe better than us, but they have a finishing problem. And I watched them play um, two games against the the Wild, and each time they they get their chances and they just don't pop them. They didn't have tough the series to be over, you know. Feel spooky. So, 
I'm glad I hit that one. Um, you know, Vegas has never – think about all the playoff series they've won. They've never won a playoff series in Vegas. That's actually fascinating. Yeah, it's not like – when you think about it, think about it. They played what? Three rounds of hockey, one round of hockey, two rounds – three rounds – or so they went four rounds of hockey, one round of hockey, three rounds of hockey, but that was in the bubble. So it wasn't – it's not, like, crazy, crazy, but it is, like, they're really good to have not done that, you know? I watched the Penguin Islanders game last night, Tristan Jari. I mean, he just evaporated for 10 minutes. Yeah, I watched I watched the tail end of it, and then I watched most of they the gave uh, up. Tampa game. At first, I wasn't going to watch it because I assumed there would be a game seven, but I saw that Forsman was the play-by-play, so I was like, whatever, I'll turn it on. And, um, yeah, I mean, just eviscerate. I mean, he just, he he threw the game away. You know what I mean? They had three different one-goal leads. And they lost by two. What really sucks for the, the, the Pens, too, is right at the end. No, it was right. They got a, a soft call. Somebody, I, well, it might have been Rust, but somebody drew a pretty soft elbow. And, uh. It was either Crosby was in the bumper position and he hit the post. He beat him clean and he hit the post. That game plays a lot different 4-5 than does 3-5. So that happened. Um, Panthers, Lightning. I actually have a hot take. I think the Panthers are kind of overrated. I think the Panthers are highly overrated, but I also totally think they had a win or chance to win the series. I think they didn't have Ekblad, which hurts a lot, a lot more than I think people think it does. Like, I think he's pretty underrated. But uh, they're paying their third-string goalie $10 million a year, you know? This team is literally cheap enough that they traded Vincent Trocek for spare parts. He makes like four. Oh, and I was actually looking at something the other day. I've got their, their cap up. He makes four point seven five million. Makes a five point eight percent of the cap and they had to move him. So they deserve what they got up there. And then um man, Bruins Islanders Isles plus one seventy three spicy. I really wanted the capitals to win that series. I mean they've just got real questions, so I mean, they had real questions, but I was hoping that – I mean, Boston also has real questions, so I was hoping that it would I think like, even been, out. They got Taylor Hall, and suddenly they had a second line that could start scoring. I feel like they've been pretty good. Well, forgive me. I forgot that Taylor Hall knew how to play hockey. You know, when people get stuck in the Buffalo black holes for a certain period of time, I just kind of forget about them. Yeah, who was it? I think it was – might have been Dangle. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Anson Carter, maybe. It was somebody kind of random. But they stepped up and were like, yeah, he's got a, a 2.7 shooting percentage in in Buffalo. You know, he's he's not going to – I think he's a career 10% shooter. You know, he's not going to he's not gonna be that guy forever. So, I don't really have anything else. I mean, oh, um, Jesus Christ, the Oilers getting swept, though. It's it's a meltdown. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I just don't know what to say. I lo- I'm loving all the memes of, can you believe that Oilers got swept in four? I mean, first of all, yes, I definitely can. Because two players don't make a team. Like, sorry. They don't. Yeah. And get ready. Part of it, too. They're a, a, a cap. They're going to have a ton of cap space. And that's a team who could make. Hey, maybe they'll take Dougie Hamilton. Well, the, <laughs> that'd be funny. He uh, part of there. If they re-sign Mike Smith, that's crazy. He's thirty-nine, and I think they said they were going to. Yeah, but, they definitely said they were interested in keeping him. Maybe as a backup. But they might buy out uh, – I don't remember their backup's name. 
Uh, but I might buy him out. That is a like potential Ned RFA um, problem. They also have you seen any of this like bear stuff with them? No. It, it's I actually like these stories always annoy me. I, I don't remember his first name, but he's a defenseman for the Oilers, and he's some kind of I don't remember the name of his tribe. I'm going to pull it up because I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him either what tribe is he he's just he's he's of direct indigenous heritage let me see if i can't find in canada he's like, from the achapawais nation in southern saskatchewan there we go so because uh the internet is toxic and awful um he got a bunch of death threats and a bunch of like racist bullshit thrown his way. And there's been, um, at first there was just a lot of outpouring of support to him, which I, you know, fine, good. You should like, yeah, what happened happened. Like he fucked up, but that's not a reason to, you know, make fun of him for being a Acho palace nation member. Um, but now there's this whole, like, the NHL takes a stand against Native hate. Don't, like, when you give these trolls attention, like, you're just letting them know they can do this forever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's one thing to me to, like, Ethan Bear is his full name. Like, yeah, like, there's no reason literally on the planet Earth to go after a professional athlete because of their race or religion or whatever like who, who the fuck cares like they're just there to play hockey and they're much better at it than you are so they get to do it um but i hate like again you're just you're just feeding the trolls on some of this stuff but i think we we could avoid moving forward i, I think a lot of it is because nhl is such a a white league in terms of its player base yeah um that they they almost jump at these opportunities for the chance to um, uh, like, look, we're about it, but stop feeding the trolls. Also, trolls are shitty as shit. Um, oh, and Tavares skated today. That's another thing I want to bring up before he left. Oh, I have two more pieces of news. So, um, First all of right. all, the NHL has announced that PNC Arena will be allowed to host 15,000 fans starting around two. Which brings us only like 4,000 short, maybe 3,000 short of capacity, which, you know, awesome. Uh, but Jim Rutherford signed an agent and will be looking to join someone's front office at the beginning of the next season. That's and from the rumors, and from the rumors, he doesn't want advisory, of, an, an advisory position. He wants a real executive job. Do you think he might have had beef with Lemieux? I think it's possible. Um, I think Jimmy Rutherford is a character, and it's totally possible. Lemieux was like, hey, uh, what the fuck is happening? And he was just kind of like, no, you just got to trust me. You got to trust me. And, you know, that's not always going to work out. I, I mean, he won them two cups. I mean, he won us one cup, but I still think he's when kind he of a left- when he left, I genuinely kind of believed a lot of these old men, especially these, like, grinders, like, COVID has fucked their shit up so bad in terms of their schedule that I really do, like, a lot of these guys are just out, you know? Like, now that they're, like, a lot of these guys, too, you see this, like, you know, for the first time in a very long time, Jimmy Rutherford spent, you know, nine months without work without looking for work, without hockey, like with his family. This was the fourth season that he hadn't had anything to do in hockey operations since like 79 or something. But I wonder if he didn't have – maybe he just didn't see a way out because the goalie thing for them is a problem. They really need – they're not as like – they're just weird. There are a lot of like – they're a big, like, I think culture drives a lot of what they do in a positive sense. Like, I think if you remove Sid Crosby and could, like, clone his production on a player, I think that's <laughs> the playoffs. I you mean, know? 
<laughs> I think Sid Crosby yeah. does a lot of getting them over the line. And so I wonder if he if he kind of I mean, he put together so many shitty like or like so many Hurricanes teams like to be like what I get is like he's not afraid of losing. You know? Like, yeah, that's what that's what I, I that's what I think is weird about what you just well maybe he doesn't see another way out. He was our general manager for a very long time of us being very bad. Yeah. Really like, nice I, I just don't track record too. Yeah, I don't see well first of all, yeah. I mean if it wasn't for the three cups, not Hall of Fame, but he somehow pulled three cups out of his ass. Well, he was your you could say you could you could say first off, he read the post lockout better than any GM in the league did. So I was I actually just read an article on that yesterday. Uh, was that if it wasn't for the lockout, first of all, we would have never won a Stanley Cup. Second of all, Jimmy Rutherford played the lockout better than anyone. Yeah, like the, he didn't That's even really need to go and back. retool. Yeah, I, I I think it's interesting. I heard him on the, I don't remember, it was one of the athletic hockey podcasts. I heard him do an interview where he was, like, talking about how, like, I mean, you never know. One door closes, another one opens, that bullshit. But I thought he was just, like, doing an interview, talking about, he was he was talking about getting on the uh, production side. He was going to be, like, a commentator or something. So now do you I know if he's Canadian or American? No idea, but I can find out. Um, find out. We'll, we'll do this next time long. But I wonder if there's not a team, like a, if he wants to be a GM for Team Canada or Team US. He's from Benton, Ontario. Yeah, I think I think they already have their GM. It might be too late for that, but that's that's a weird one. I mean, maybe he wants to make a play. I don't know what he wants to make a play for. I think a lot of front offices are going to be changing up this offseason just because, you know, it's going to be a very different game. And some of the game plans these GMs had, you know, drawn out, which is not going to work, and those are going to have to make hard choices. But I think, I don't know. I don't see anyone bringing Jimmy Rutherford in. I don't think this offseason you'll see it, but teams are going to get ripped off in this Vegas stuff, and that will cost people jobs. So I think next, next offseason. Like, you'll see some of that stuff develop poorly, and people are going to lose their jobs. You can book that Right, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be really interesting for us to be a stable team. I think that's gonna be really cool. <laughs> but besides not, that, no. I have nothing else. I mean, that's also very true. But you know, hopes and prayers. So I have nothing right. else. I'll see you later. All right. Go, Kane.